it was basically, then they were talking about high school kids now. I want to give you guys some perspective. This is important for you to understand, all right? They basically a list that says high school prospect A, $58,000. High school prospect B, $119,000. High school prospect C, uh, $61,000. Pretty much what they've done when it comes to, and the reason that FBU, Football University, the reason that FBU made a clip of this list is because the top 10 high school athletes and the NIL valuations that they got, three of those athletes, three of those athletes were former FBU guys. And just to give you some clarity on what Football University is all about, what FBU is all about, FBU is a camp company, all right? They make money basically enticing families at the six seventh and eighth grade level before they get to high school they tell them you got to come to our camps you got to come there you got to pay a grip right you got to pay a a good a significant amount of money it's not a cheap camp it's an incredibly expensive football camp that's a pro style camp it actually is a if if you want to go when it comes to the structure it's it is you will receive some instruction from former nfl guys and stuff like that but it's basically a camp company that have camps year round and then make their money through parents paying the the company to send their sons to a football camp, all right? Now, they do have things like the FBU All-American Games where they'll create an all-star. It basically states in certain states they have created all-star youth programs. So you got FBU Team Maryland or FBU Team Miami, FBU Team Fort Lauderdale, FBU Team Texas, FBU Team California. All of them come to Naples, Florida at the end of every year to participate in the All-American Games. And they have a huge tournament and it's a lot of fun and all that kind of stuff. But it is incredibly expensive and it attracts, it only attracts a parent that has the resource, that has the money to be able to travel to all these places, send their sons to camps, put them on this team, put them on that team. I mean, when I work for the company, I'm, I'm going to dive in a little bit about what the what I what I experienced with the company in a second, but I just want to kind of give you that perspective. That's what this company is all about, right? So again, they put out a list. They put out a list basically saying that the three out of the top 10, three out of the top 10 kids that are in high school now have an evaluation, have a NIL valuation of $119, 58K, 93K, 63K, and they're putting the names. They're putting the names of these young high school kids and they're attaching their names to a dollar sign, all right? They're attaching their names to a dollar sign of how much this kid is worth. And they're basically, what they're doing, essentially, what they're basically putting out there is they're saying this freaking fucking uh, 14, 15, 16, 13-year-old kid is worth this amount of money if you want to get him to your school. That's what they're saying in so many words. That's what they're saying when they put a clip out there like that, when they take a young man, a young high school man, and they attach a dollar sign to him. I mean, one of my favorite books is a book titled $40 Million Slaves, $40 Million Slaves by William C. Roden. And he talks all about this concept of the glass ceiling. So if you're a kid, if you're a football player, you start showing you start showing that you have the what it takes you have the ability all of a sudden you get placed there's a certain dollar amount attached to your name and you know again not that I don't want the players to be compensated but I don't want them to be settling or treating this treating this game 
like it's a job and like, okay, if I'm going to go play somewhere, you owe me this amount of money or I want them to get paid. Don't get me wrong, but there needs to be more creative ways and ways of teaching these young men how to manage their money and how to go out and earn their money and things like that. And we're going to dive into that. Excuse me. We're going to talk about that. All right. So first and foremost, first and foremost, when it comes to the companies and this is, this is what, this is the issue. This is the issue that I saw coming when the NIL deal was passed in this pal, I believe two or three years ago on, I believe it's June 1st, if I'm not mistaken, I might not, I might have that date wrong, but I know it was about two or three years ago from this recording where the NIL was established. And, you know, again, college players were allowed to be compensated off their name, image, and likeness. All right. So first and foremost, here is the first issue. And I kind of already stepped on, stepped on this point is the fact is the fact that you are not, you are having companies outside third party companies, just like FBU. Now, when you give them the fuel of NIL, this is sort of the problem. This is the problem and the beast that it creates. All right. Because here's what here's here. Here's what happens. Right. When it comes to FBU, here's what their intention is, what their whole process is like. What they want to do is they want to bring a kid into a camp. And I've heard again, I worked for the company. I was a scout for the company for about for one season and this was the this was the season 2016 this was actually the season when i was in maryland it was my last year living in maryland and maryland went on to win the fbu national championship so i was around the people that were all in you know all in with the company they loved it you know they built their team they came out to naples florida came out here to florida they won the whole thing and they did their they did their thing right they did there's a lot of a lot of guys playing at the collegiate level that were on some of those FBU teams, like the Caleb Williams, the you know, former Heisman winner, Blake Corum, as we just saw, won a national championship with Michigan. Uh, uh, Chris Jenkins was also on that team who played for Michigan this past year. I mean, there's tons of FBU talent that I get to watch every Saturday in college football, right, especially from those specific teams. And there was so many complaints, so many complaints that came from those parents. There's so many complaints that came from the people that used to work for the company. And here's the here's the main thing is FBU announces or they create a list of they they call kids all Americans before they get to high school. All right. They start ranking kids and they say this one's an all American. So we're gonna have them play in the FBU all American game. And they're talking about six seventh and eighth grade kids who are you don't know how they're going to develop you don't know how good they're actually going to be but what their intention is is for them to first of all they want to expose the kids to all the colleges they want to maximize their exposure which again isn't the problem but the the fact that it's a business for fbu meaning they're expecting some return on their investment they're expecting it's a four it's funny too because uh the the person that was kind of he oh I was like his scout he was the de- development director uh, his name he's not, he's not, he's actually not even with the company anymore but I remember him telling me you know FBU is a for profit company we're for profit so everything was about funneling and getting parents to pay the money to come to an FBU camp right so 
the way they worked is when you're an FBU guy and you were able to pay the money that it costs or pay the camp fees that it costs or pay whatever it costs to be a part of this league or be a part of this uh, this, this all-star team that was going to possibly get to Naples, Florida and travel and all that kind of stuff. If you could afford those things, they will now call you an All-American. They will say you're trained like an All-American and throughout your entire time in high school, now you're branded as an FBU guy. Now, again, I'm not saying there's anything necessarily wrong with this. I and mean, then may they know my tone may sound like, oh, it's wrong that they're doing this to kids. When in fact, look, I just happen to be in a, in an area. I happen to be playing football for a program that had a lot of resources. But every kid doesn't get that. Every kid doesn't have the opportunity to play for a high school that has a ton of resources. So look, when it comes to the exposure. And the way that they, you know, they put the kids out there to college coaches and they try to help them get seen. All that stuff is wonderful. All that stuff is wonderful. The issue that comes up is every kid isn't an All-American. All right. Every kid is not an All-American. Every kid's not going to be good enough to be an All-American. And what you've done when you label them as All-Americans is now you've made it so that is the thing. That is the thing that pulls parents in. But every kid's not going to be good enough to be an All-American. Every kid's not going to be good enough to go Division One and play D1 football and all that. Every kid's not even going to be good enough to play for his, or for his high school. All right? So what they've done for them to maintain, I'm just giving you the game, what FBU has done to maintain their status is they have to emphasize. They have to emphasize and they have to market and they have to exploit the kids that came from the FBU system like the Trevor Lawrence's of the world and the the tons of guys that came out of Georgia. I mean, so many, so many FB, former FBU All-Americans that have gone on to play in the National Football League. And there there were so many. I mean, I remember actually <laughs> there were there were marketing flyers that of uh so many different players. So many different players that who came to a camp. They came to a camp or whatever. And they, they, they put the kids through a process. They take their picture and all that. And if they go on and play in the NFL, I believe, I think Micah Parsons actually was an FBU guy too. I mean, FBU is a huge, huge company in the football world, all right? So so there were times, and this, is, this isn't just me talking. There were several times, actually. I'll give you, I'll talk about two in particular. There were several times there were when I was in Maryland where there was a guy who used to be the FBU team director, I believe it was in the Virginia, Maryland area. And he was telling me, look, the way it works is if the camp numbers are low, meaning if we don't get enough kids registering for camp, then FBU's cut, we're not doing it. And then actually there was also when I first got to Florida, I got connected with some I got connected with the person that was, I was actually in Tampa. So I got connected with the person that does FBU out in Tampa. And he, you know, started to express his complaints. Actually, he wasn't even, he, he stopped, he stopped dealing with the company not too long after I moved out to Florida. And he was telling me, look, I could send my kid to a camp with Edron James, as opposed to, you know, old Billy White shoes. And these are players. These are, these are just opportunities because if you put yourself in the camp space, now you're competing with a former player that doesn't want to doesn't even necessarily want to put a whole lot of money or charge a whole lot for his camp. 
give some solid instruction as opposed to FBU that wants to make the camp really expensive and you get into that competition game and it's all it's all over the place. All right. So the fact that they would put out a clip, the fact that they would put out a clip talking about how much a kid is worth, it is right up FBU's alley. And I saw that clip and I was like, okay, I this this requires me to come and address some things in full. I can't just address it in a short video. I have to talk about it throughout this entire process and understand now when it comes to when it comes to the new game, when it comes to how this game is currently being played, you gotta get you, like I said at the beginning, these are the reasons you gotta have your business manager. Because all this that I'm talking about right now, all this is nothing but a distraction to a high school kid. All right. It's one thing if you're a young high school athlete that's out there and they're trying to get themselves seen, they're trying to focus on getting better, they're trying to focus on getting stronger, they're trying to focus on getting quicker, they're trying to focus on their playbook, understanding their plays, understanding their schemes, understanding everything that they need to do to maintain a maintain a level, maintain at a level that they're used to maintaining that will hold themselves to a higher standard and pushing themselves to a higher standard every day. Now you throw in the fact that there's a price tag attached to their name when they look their name up now. There's no way that a high school kid needs to be dom or needs to have all of that on his or her shoulders. Now it becomes a necessity that you hire a business manager and have it have all the inquiries, whether it's a college coach, whether it's a business that wants to do an NIL deal with or whatever, have all of that be filtered through, filtered through in a grown adult that can keep these sharks because that's what they are. That's what, in, in many cases, that's what they are. These sharks that want to do business with your kid. You got to keep them away from that so they can just simply focus on the playing of the game. Now, this is where things become a challenge because everyone does, there's some grown adults that don't know how to actually manage this world. So as adults, you got to go out and seek it. You have to go out and seek it because you still have to be a parent. As a parent, like I know there's some adults listening to me right now that may say, okay, why not be my own son's uh, business manager? Why don't I be my own nephew's business manager? You can't do it because you have an emotional attachment to your kid. You have an emotional attachment to your nephew and to whoever it is you may be interested in managing. So when it comes to business and the with the hard truths that you're going to have to hear about your son or your nephew is not something that you should even be entertaining. You need to hire that position out or hire that position out. You enjoy, you enjoy your son's playing career. You be a dad, you be an uncle and you just enjoy it and let the business stuff be handled by a professional like myself because I can have a kind of, I don't have an emotional attachment to your kid the way you do. All right. And I can have the conversation and say, look, this guy's just not as good as this guy. And, I don't see it happening and he may be worth this amount of money and not as much as this player, you know, again, he just hasn't proven that on the field. And that's not something that a, a father or an uncle needs to be talking to business people about because you have an obligation to be the, the kid's father, or the kid's uncle, or the kid's mom, or the kid's older brother, or the kid's older sister, whatever it is you may be in relation to the kid. All right. So that's number one, because the, the companies out there then, FBU, there's FBU is one of hundreds, hundreds probably, probably close to thousands now that NIL has gotten going of camp companies 
that are out there that have have done highly just highly unethical things like putting kids names with dollar amounts and you know making them making them feel like they're worth a certain dollar amount all right so that's problem number one here's a here's another problem that we have that i have to i have to touch on before i actually close you guys out all right football all right football i love it it is my life it gave me an identity growing up this game gave me an identity gave me it made me somebody it gave a a social misfit like me who has a, a, un, a unique, unorthodox name to pronounce, like Aswan Crookshank. Football gave me an identity growing up, and I love this game more than anything. However, what has happened with the game of football is ruining life for other sports, all right? It is ruining things for other sports. Now, we got to, excuse me, we got a whiff of this a couple years ago when we saw excuse me when we saw what happened in college basketball we had i'll never forget there was a clip in which i believe it was syracuse syracuse basketball played its last game in the big east played its last game in the big east and jim Beheim, former syracuse coach legendary legendary syracuse coach i mean went there from when he was a player all the way to his old man, you know, coaching, coaching his Syracuse Orange men. I mean, just there for years. And if you know anything about college basketball, Big East, you know that rivalry between Syracuse and Georgetown was a big, big rivalry, huge rivalry. And me, myself, I'm a Georgetown fan, so I used to love, I used to love watching. I used to love the Big East, whether it's St. John's, Villanova, Georgetown, Syracuse. Man, it, it just, it was a great. Great rivalry. Great, great to watch the Biggies go at it, man. So it got to the point in which Syracuse had to move conferences. They had to move from the Big East to the ACC. And I remember it was the last game, last game in the Big in the Big East. And Jim Beheim from Syracuse said, uh, the reporter asked them, why is it do you think that this is happening? Why is all this conference realignment going on? And Jim Beheim gave him an honest answer. He goes, come on, you know what this is about. It's about football. You know, football is taking up too much money. And because football is taking up so much money, of the other sports like us, like basketball, we have to suffer. We have to go move conferences. And, you know, he, he gave an honest answer to the report. He goes, you're smarter than that. You know the way. You know the deal. You know how this business works. And, again, I just like I just said, I love me some football. But football takes so much of the budget when it comes to these college athletic programs. Now, if you're listening to me and you're a football person, you don't, whenever people say that, you jump at me. Here's what you're probably saying to yourself right now. You're saying, okay, well, football brings in so much money. Football is the, 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 the sport that has the 100,000 people showing up to a game. Football brings in all this money. So, of course, we're going to, you know, so, so, you know that, that's pretty much what the football pundits say. And again, I would agree with you. I would agree with you. However, here's the issue. Think about what think about the operating costs for a football program. All right. Think about the operating costs for a football program. You have the helmets that all the hundred some odd players of the 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 hundred some odd players are have to wear the helmets, which is all the which not just the helmets, but this includes all the equipment. Helmets, shoulder pads, knee pads, hip pads thigh pads, all of the cleats, all of the gloves, all of the all of the equipment that it takes to actually the the 
gear that it takes to put all of the players in, okay? You have those operating costs. You have the meals that you have to feed these huge men, all right? You have the meals that you have to feed them every day. You have the the laundry. You have the weight room, the facilities, everything that it costs. Just think about exactly what it costs. And nowadays, you don't just get one uniform combination, all right, for you to compete at a certain level in collegiate football, you have to have more than one uniform combination, all right? So, yes, football brings in money. Certain football programs rev- generate a shitload of revenue, but when you think about how much it actually costs to put the program on and you factor in with how much it actually brings in, it is not as much money as you may be thinking, all right? Because you may be thinking, again, you may be thinking, okay, well, football brings in a whole lot of money, but at the same time, it costs a lot of money to get the damn program on. And in some ways, in some situations like the University of Alabama or you know some of these SEC schools that have big, major, major football programs, it, it's the football money that pays for the other sports. All right? It's the football money that pays for gymnastics. It's the football money that pays for swimming. It's the football money that pays for wrestling and all these other sports in which this the university actually offers the university's athletic program actually offers football pays for all of that stuff right so when you talk about okay football being the sport that a company like fbu would put out a number put out numbers about how much a kid costs now you're taking from the other sports so you're taking maybe the let's say let's just use the example of a of one of the players that FBU mentioned. Let's say that it's $119,000 for this eighth grade kid to come to the school. That $119,000 could have went to keep a gymnastics program, an entire program operating because it doesn't cost that, it doesn't cost as much, it cost as much to put on a wrestling program or a gymnastics program or a, a basketball program to a school as much as football would cost in terms of the operating budget. So the $119 that you just gave this kid that may or may not pan out, that can leave the school in two or three seasons, you just paid this kid that much when it could have went to a a swim scholarship. It could have went to actually keeping an athletic program running, and now you've completely tipped the scales to now where it's a if it's a football program that's going to stay relevant, it has to be a football program that's generating millions and millions, close to billions of dollars. Okay, so you see that you see how inaccurate and see how the, the scales are so completely lopsided that it's ridiculous that there's no way that we can continue the way it's happening, the way it's moving forward. And again, I address, I, I get into all of this in the book titled Transferring D1. I dive a great deal into all of this. But the main thing, the main thing in terms of what we have to take away from today's episode is if you are being approached, and we're talking about the right now, we're talking about current events, right? We're talking about the right now, the young kids who are coming out, hoping to play at the collegiate level, and you got companies, you got people who are putting out there how much a kid is worth and all this other craziness that, you know, putting that information, putting that kind of information out on the internet, an actual young man, name, putting their name out there and attaching a dollar sign to it. That's when things become very, very dangerous because now you basically said only a program that can afford this kid is going to be the, the program 
that gets him. And God forbid, I'm not wishing this would happen on anybody. Trust me, because I live through it. Live through it. God forbid this player gets hurt. God forbid that this player has an injury that they can no longer play this sport. God forbid that this player wants to, you know, go pursue some educational opportunities or go to a school that has the the the, the program that they want to study or wants to get into something other than football, put some things together for themselves. When they start throwing money at a kid and saying you are worth this much, now all of a sudden the decision has been made. And like William C. Roden spoke about in his book, $40 Million Slaves, now you've put a glass ceiling on the young man the same way. I remember that, in fact, it was that book. It was in that book, $40 Million Slaves, when he talked about the glass ceiling. He had a big picture of LeBron James when he was in his All-American, the, uh, the, the McDonald's All-American game. He had a huge picture of LeBron James, and he said, glass ceiling. Because if LeBron James wanted to do anything but play basketball, we would never know. We would never know if he would have made a great doctor. We never know if he would have made a great lawyer, did great, you know, doing something in politics, whatever. All we're going to know now is he's a basketball player because we put that glass ceiling on him long before he had the ability to make any decisions for himself. The decision was made for him. And what we've done, what we're starting to do, what we're seeing over and over again, because we've attached a dollar sign, we've attached money to these kids. Now we're trying to create glass ceilings for so many other kids. And frankly, frankly, as I'm being as frank as I possibly can when I say this, most of these kids, the majority of these kids are not going to be good enough to go pro. So by the time that their career ends, there's going to be this empty field and there's going to be so many opportunities that they missed out on because so many adults have gotten so excited and they they would be irresponsible. They would be as irresponsible to start putting dollar signs them and, and, and saying the kid is worth this much amount, this amount of money and all this other nonsense that is just that has no place for the high school, especially the high school game. Now, college, again, you it's time for you to start generating money. It's time for you to go you know, work some internships, work hard and all that stuff. I could understand that at the collegiate level. I can. I get that. I've been to multiple colleges and it's about it's about setting yourself up for the future. I understand that. But if you're talking about a high school kid, you're talking about eighth, eighth grade to high school, middle school to high school and all that stuff. They don't need to be they don't need to be thinking about that. They need to be thinking about just getting themselves better, going out there competing and going out and simply enjoying the sport. All right. Now, I will, like I said, I have a whole lot more on this. I'm going to be talking current events. This is something that I'm going to continuously and continuously talk about because I am very, very uniquely qualified to be that manager. I'm very uniquely qualified to be that person because this is what I did straight out of college. I was that guy, that agent type guy going out, looking at high school kids, having meetings with their families, talking about the college recruiting process, talking about how to get them the most exposure. And obviously, you know, I was a scout for FBU. I know how this game works. So this is why I'm going to be continuously talking about this. So this is this is the first of many. Trust me, we'll be there'll be a whole lot more on this specific subject. All right. Fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We will talk more soon.